Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host Albert, and this is episode 106. Albert, there's orcs attacking. Oh no, prepare the castle! <laughs> Alright, uh, welcome back everybody, welcome to episode 106, I think. Um, today we have a guest, Mikolai Lichinski. He is a, a long-time listener, a member of the One Player Guild, and a designer of at least one Hodges Negotiator expansion, at least one that I know of, and lead playtester for Hodges Negotiator and all sorts of other things. Hi, Mikolai. How are you doing? Hi, hi. It's nice to, <laughs> nice to join you on the show. <laughs> yep. Thanks for being here. Julius is not here, but he should join us shortly at some point. He's outside the castle, unfortunately, so once he gets in, we'll, we'll, he'll join us. Um, yeah, Mikolai is talk, is joining us because, well, be, for one reason, because um, there's a new hostage negotiation at Kickstarter about to come out, and and you're going to talk about that, right? Yeah. Should I start talking about it now, or? No, let, let's, let's wait a little bit. Okay. Um... And this will be on Kickstarter also, correct? Yes, it's coming to Kickstarter on July 25th. Okay. All right. Um, let's jump into the news, I guess. I mean, um, yeah, we'll do that. I don't have any. <laughs> that was uh, uh, for me, I think the the biggest piece of piece of news is uh, the one uh, one player guild on BGG uh, reaching five thousand guild members. That's right. That that's just mind blowing. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, last I checked here, it was like five thousand and eighteen today. Wow. Okay. That that's growing so fast. <laughs> yeah, we are. I, I think I was member. 20-something. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, you know, when, when I started the guild, my thought was still just going to be for the podcast. But, well, yeah, it, it just it took off so far beyond that. Yeah, I think we are mm-hmm. 80 members behind number two Redditors. Wow, yeah. Are, are they still 80? I, I keep thinking we've got to be catching up. Let's, let's go look. And that has a link to Redditors. Had five thousand eighty-seven, and now has five thousand ninety-four. So they've they've gained another seven members. We've gained another sixteen. We'll catch them at some point. Yeah, <laughs> just a matter of time. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I don't think I have any other news. I haven't been following up a whole lot lately. I think, and it just seems like it's slow. It's the summer gets really slow. You think it'd be a little busier, and there's probably more stuff that I just don't know about with all the conventions going on and yeah. about to go on. Yeah, I, I, I have, I, I haven't heard anything about solo playable games from from the convention reports. Mm-mm. Do you follow those? I, I listen to some podcasts, so, uh, so I listen to it there. But uh, I, I usually try to follow. Uh, when when it's near to Essen because it's closer and mm-hmm. and last year I got to go I I'll try to go this year but it's gonna be difficult. Ah, uh, is it okay? Now, does the uh, Hoss- or Van Ryder Games uh, have a presence at Spiel at all? 
No, no, I keep asking them for them to come, but <laughs> I don't think they're going to come this year yet. Okay, yeah, imagine it's hard to, to do that when, when you're not in in Europe, somewhere near there. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's the the company's still growing, so it's uh, yeah, it's. I think they they. I, I hope I I hope they because this year they uh, they're releasing quite a lot of games, so I'm hoping for mm-hmm. next year. That's right. Now it seems like um one of the, you know, I think I'm sort of already jumping into talking to you about. Um, hostage negotiator and stuff because I was going to ask you about Van Ryder games things more so you know what let's just jump into the interview okay (laughs) (laughs) we'll stop pretending that we're not doing that yeah so well before I start talking about about uh, Van Ryder games about yourself so how long have you been gaming oh I've been gaming I think since childhood first it was it was games like you know Monopoly and the, the usual stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, I also played a lot of traditional card games. Uh, then, when I was in high school, my friend invited me over to show me uh, a, a game he got, and it was one of those uh, giant uh, combat games. It was like Third Reich or something. And oh, okay. I, re- I remember I was fascinated by the components. There was like this thick rule book, but but it was it was very hard to grasp for me. And uh, uh, I think I, I I got I got a bit. Uh, I mean I, I I thought the the uh, modern board games were all like that, so I I got discouraged a bit. Mm-hmm. And then I think uh, around ten years ago. Uh, a colleague uh, invited a couple of us to play board games. I was expecting something like Third Reich again, but he brought out uh, Shadows Over Camelot. And uh, my mind was blown because, first of all, it was a a cooperative game. I I didn't play a game like that before. And also there was uh, miniatures, a a lot of extra boards, and uh, I think it... It just it just went from there. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, now I've never played Shadows Over Camelot. Is that the name? Um, but uh, go on. Yeah, I think uh, it's uh, it's like a good good gateway game for for people who who haven't played m- more serious games. Hello. Hey, Julius, we started without you. Mikolai? Mikolai, Julius. Hi, Mikolai. Sorry about that. Family and, you know, trouble with kids, and it is what it is. Hello, no problem. I know how it is with with family. (laughs) Sorry about that. So where are we holding? Well, we're inside the castle right now. We're waiting for you, and we're glad that you got in. Inside the castle, waiting. Yeah, because we're being attacked by orcs and trolls and goblins. Ah, so we started off talking about. Um... No, no, the introduction started that way. <laughs> You'll hear the introduction. So, w- was it dangerous out there? Very. Let me tell you, those oh. Pokemon are crawling all over everywhere. <laughs> I can't take one step without running into some other person who's got Pokemon battling up a storm. <laughs> <Pokemon>. <laughs> Oh dear. Okay, well. Do you, do you know I'm what I'm referring saying. to, Albert? 
I do. You're referring to Pokemon. I don't know. Well, I don't know if you're aware, but Pokemon Go mm-hmm. just got released, and this is the brand new app version of Pokemon where you p- capture Pokemon in real life. And so, like, you use oh. your phone and you have to actually walk around with it to <laughs> capture Pokemon and get them to pop up and do gym battles in real life locations. And so, like, if you want to go do a gym battle, you have to go travel out to a park. And if you want to get Pokeballs, you have to go travel out to the statue. And uh, how cool. everything is based upon real life interactions. Mm-hmm. And because of all of that, that means that when I went to the park with my kids, everywhere I turned, I saw someone else with another phone out trying to, you know, capture another Pokemon. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> They're all over the place. It's an infestation, I tell you. <laughs> at, at least it, it gets people outside. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's very true. That is very true. Finally, the parks will get used the way they should. Well, <sighs> I don't know. Quite that's true, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we were talking we were talking about uh, Mikolai, and then I guess if you have Kickstarter stuff, we'll jump into that after. Sure. And other news. All right. So we hadn't gotten too far into this, and. Um, we were talking briefly about uh, Shadows Over Camelot and your past experience, but let's move on anyway. Let's see. Um, so you've been gaming forever, and and what kind of games do you like predominantly? Uh, I uh, I tend to like games with a strong theme and uh, and uh, mechanics that 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 match the theme. Uh, so yeah, I I enjoy. Uh, Euro from time to time, but uh, yeah, mostly mostly uh, thematic games. Hmm, okay, very cool. Um, all right, let's let's talk about Van Rider games and, and your involvement with Van Rider games. Actually, how did you get started with them? Uh, I I listened to one of one of the podcasts, and there was an interview with AJ when the. Uh, when he was running the campaign for, oh. if I'm going down, yeah, yeah, if I'm going down, and uh, at that time the solo gaming was also quite a new concept for me, so I uh, I decided to check it out. I I backed it uh, at the first at the single game level, and then I think through some. Interactions with AJ, I ended up uh, backing two copies of the game and also naming one of the zombie cards, and that's how the Mister Mikolai uh, zombie uh, card came about. <laughs> and uh, that's all. The picture from that card is also my avatar on BGG and various other sites. Mm-hmm. I like that avatar. That's so creepy. It's got that guy with his <laughs> eye falling out of his socket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and after that, when uh, when uh, AJ was designing hostage negotiator, he uh, emailed a couple of people, including me, to try to test out the game. And uh, yeah, I, I really uh, I really enjoyed it. I I it was I was at a I mean in, in uh, I had two kids, so the, uh, there was. Uh, 
little possibility to to go out and play some games. So it was like a a, a good match for me. Mm, neat. Yeah, that, that's a fun game. And that game hasn't really changed much from the beginning, has it? From his first. Uh, uh, yeah, there were there were just a a, a couple of tweaks, and uh, yeah, the, but but the 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 base hasn't changed much. Wow. Okay, that's neat. And and so you started as a play tester, and and you play tested a bunch for him, and now you've become a designer for him. Uh, yeah. After uh, during the during the uh, first Kickstarter, there were some abductor packs announced uh, which bring new new abductors new cards expand the basic mechanics and uh, AJ uh, asked me whether I would be willing to to design one of the uh, abductor packs uh, he, I, he asked I, you I, first or you had some designs already you were talking with him about uh, no he asked he asked me first and uh, I during the process, I, I uh, like I made a bra- brainstorm. I, I came up with with some ideas for for the settings of the of the abductor packs. Uh, I uh, I wrote an, an email to AJ uh, outlining them. He he told me which ones I should focus on, and and that's how I designed the uh, abductor f- uh, pack four with. Uh, with the uh, abductor escaping on the bus, uh, of course uh, uh, you hear stories that that uh, beginning uh, designers, when they create the first version of the, of their design, uh, it's terrible, and that's what happened to me. I was I spent a lot of time uh, thinking about the cards, writing down some ideas, and. Uh, when I made made the first version, it, it totally didn't work. It was uh, it was terrible. But luckily, after after some some tweaking, it got to the to an acceptable state. And uh, yeah, and then and, and after some uh, some playtesting from others, I think we we managed to make quite an enjoyable one. That's a neat that's a neat one. Um, I like how the different locations work and how they change the. The game a little every time. Yeah, yeah I, I had, uh, I, I had uh, the the idea about about locations in my head for some time, but but it like materialized uh, in the during the making of this abductor pack. And and so now there's the base game and eight negotiator packs, as well as some negotiator. I'm sorry, eight. Abductor packs and a bunch of negotiator cards that are available. Well, now there are four, and and four, yeah, and 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 uh, there's gonna be four, uh, four new ones with the new Kickstarter. Okay, no, that's right. Now I remember there was originally four in the original Kickstarter, but then two were released at the same time and two came later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so now there's a new Kickstarter coming out, and that's about to be uh, live soon. I guess is this month, right? Yes, it's coming on uh, on July twenty fifth. It's gonna 
it, it's gonna be an uh, a standalone expansion. You know, you're you're, uh, you're not gonna need the base game to play it. There's gonna be uh, similar to the to the base game. There's gonna be uh, a negotiator who's gonna be a woman this time. Uh, all the conversation cards, uh, except the the basic ones, are gonna be different. There's gonna be uh, some uh, new terror and piv- pivotal event cards. Uh, new escape demands, and of course, uh, three new basic abductors. Uh, one of them is going to be uh, uh, her focus is going to be on on escaping. So, so uh, when when playing with her, uh, the the negotiator is going to have to uh, focus on on not letting her escape. Uh, there is one uh, one abductor who h- has uh, really tricky demands. So uh, m- m- choosing when to uh, uh, when to concede those de- those demands is going to be uh, tricky. Hmm. And there's going to be a, one other abductor who's going to be quite uh, volatile. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, okay. Uh, he's gonna. Uh, uh, Get uh, uh, angry pretty quickly. I mean, he he starts very angry, but and there's gonna be some cards which will uh, help in in managing that. Hmm. Neat. Okay. And there's uh, there's also gonna be rules uh, which will let us uh, combine the two sets. Uh, there's gonna be rules for for creating the terror deck for for switching out the conversation cards so 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 we're going to be randomizing up the conversation cards also you could randomize them i guess or you could just uh, choose uh, choose the ones that suit you because the the costs of the co- conversation cards are going to be the same the there's going to be one one uh, eight cost card one seven cost card so you'll be able to uh, see which one which conversation card could be uh, better for for that ab- abductor and switch them out. Oh, so you build your deck ahead of time. So it's now a deck builder. How much time does that increase the setup? <laughs> the setup, I've... Uh, you, you could just lay them out and, I mean, it, it, it's, it's just single single card swaps. Or, 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 or you don't have to... Uh, uh, select the cards. Just just use either one set or the other. They are quite uh, quite well balanced. So so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I imagine if I were playing, I would I would start with one set. Or, I don't know, one or the other, and then play against that uh, abductor. And based on how it worked out, I may then want to change some of the cards. I think you know this card doesn't work so well with this person or something. You can make. I imagine you can make it into a quote unquote legacy game and change one card each game. <laughs> quote unquote legacy, but but don't rip it up. <laughs> don't rip it up. Yeah, that's <laughs> no. no. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Also, another uh, another neat thing is it's gonna come in a bigger box, which will fit everything that's been released so far. Does it fit the original box itself, or just the cards from the box? Yes, it also it also fits the original box. If you don't care about keeping the original box, what does it do? 
there's I, I think it's uh, there's a plan for stretch goals to have I mean there's going to be a, a place to, to to store the cards and for stretch goals there's uh, one of the stretch goals is dividers for all, all the packs so I mean if, if if you don't want to store the the orig- original box then you're just going to have some extra space okay I'm just trying to figure out how rigid the dividers in it are. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> I know there's going to be dividers, but uh, okay. I, I've just seen some some mock-ups of the box, but I, I don't know if how how definite it is right now. Well, that's neat. That would be nice to be able to hold everything. Because, yeah, at this point, my box is extremely tight. I have the card sleeved, and I have all the expansions, and I have the metal dice and all the little meeples and... All that has uh, made the box awful crowded. I can fit it all in there, just barely. Yeah, I'm surprised you you can fit it in. <laughs> <laughs> well, the insert got thrown out right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 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 okay, and uh, also uh, including the new new Kickstarter are gonna be uh, new abductor packs uh, for the mm-hmm. game. Uh, one is made by Morten uh, Pedersen. The mm-hmm. our Ottoman man, <laughs> and uh, his abductor pack is uh, the abductors in, the, in that pack are uh, a, a cult, so they are both the abductors and the hostages. Uh, you have to save them from themselves. Oh wow! And uh, each of the uh, abductors is different. One is, for example, calm. One one is defensive. One gets angry quickly. And uh, there's going to be some extra cards which let you uh, manipulate which which abductor uh, you are talking to, and, and uh, I, this is one of the abductor packs which really re- rewards uh, multiple plays because uh, you have to know uh, know how the abductors react and. Uh, Use them. That there are certain situations where you would, you would uh, like to talk to a certain abductor, and and others where another one would be would be useful. Uh, the second abductor pack is designed designed by uh, Kevin Wilson. Uh, of uh, he designed uh, Descent, uh, Android Civilization, and uh, in his. Uh, abductor pack. You are negotiating with an unstable father and his sister. Uh, he has uh, captured his his two uh, two kids and is uh, hiding hiding them. So you first have to locate them and then save them. And uh, the interesting mechanic in this one is uh, first of all searching for the for the kids and uh, also. Uh, you have some conversation cards which, which deal with uh, with the the abductor's ex-wife uh, helping you. Uh, the the third uh, abductor pack was designed by Evan Derrick. He's uh, uh, he's running Van Ryder Games with uh, AJ now, and it uh, involves you negotiating against uh, a rival negotiator gone rogue. So the the negotiator knows your trick. Reminds me of the policeman one. <laughs> yeah, uh, the negotiator knows uh, knows your tricks, 
and uh, she uh, she will disable some of the conversation cards so you you won't be able to use them uh, so you will have to work around that <laughs> and the last abductor pack is is as as of yet unannounced ah, okay a surprise neat so there's going to be four are all four abductor packs going to be available or are any of them stretch goals uh all of them are going to be uh, available okay. l- like in the like in the first kickstarter okay. some other uh, other stretch goals are are going to be uh probably some larger dice a larger uh, board uh possibly some some tokens for for keeping track of stuff and uh, and the rule book with uh, with with the full rules for the base game and the abductor packs because up to now mm-hmm. the rules for the abductor packs have been uh, downloadable PDFs from the site. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or or the information in the back of the cards. It'd be nice to have it in a book. That'd be really neat. Are the are the rules for the this game any different than the other one? No, no, no. The base the rules. Way. The base rules are the same. Nice. Okay. Well, this that's very cool. Um, and it's gonna be a, a starting July twenty fifth. How long does the Kickstarter run for? I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, the I think the the previous ones were were a month, but but I, I don't know about that. I think. Uh, okay. We'll we'll assume a month. Are there gonna be any stretch goals this <laughs> time around or no? Mm-hmm. Well, he mentioned some of them. Ah. The the big dice, the big board, the rule book. Then yeah, the, the dividers. The dividers. Maybe some uh, new meeple styles. Hmm. I I want more hostage, more hostage meeples. Different, <laughs> different looks. <laughs> uh, you you have the the disabled one. Yeah, I have this. That's right. The disabled <laughs> hostage, and the one that has a, a head wound of some kind. <laughs> Little blood stain on the poor thing. You know, you could just paint all of yours. <laughs> pretend that pretend they're minis and paint them all. You know, it's different. If if it came that way, then obviously that's the the guy's obviously disabled. You can also get. If I go and chop off a corner of the meeple, then I've broken it. You can also get a pack of random meeples <laughs> from Meeple Source and just see what you get. Oh, that's true too. I could do that, but then it's kind. Of, see, but then it becomes unreal. Oh, okay. So now. My hostage negotiator has Bigfoot. My, ho- my hostage abductor has Bigfoot, an alien, a mermaid, and a Viking. What, what's that? <laughs> um, Comic Con. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I haven't seen that an abductor at a convention, huh? That would be actually really funny to have a Comic Con abductor <laughs> or a BGG abductor, an abductor, a hostage situation, a BGG. A BG, that'd be fun, yeah, and that'd be or a Gen available Con. at BGG Con. A Gen Con or something yeah. like that. That'd be really funny. Re- release there, but, but make it available to others, please. I like that. That actually might be interesting, <laughs> convention setting, because it's not a hostage negotiator, and like, each meeple's like 10 or 15 people, right? It's very different. Well, that's very neat. I'm really looking forward Wait, to this. Each meeple's 10 or 15 people? Is that canon? I think what? Well, Nicolas, is that canon? I mean, is that true? <laughs> no, it's not true now. It's an idea uh, for the convention. Yeah, <laughs> the ah, yeah, I see. So you're saying in the in convention, convention, that's how it would work. Or, or your expansion is going to have to bring another fifty meeples. 
<laughs> so maybe not. Yeah. Uh, I'm delirious. Um, so that's really, I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to it. I'm especially looking forward to the nice box that you could uh, put the cards in with the dividers and all that, hopefully. And I heard also something about new art. Did I miss something about that? Art, I, I'm the the ne- negotiator is going to be a woman. So so all the the, the pictures where the, there was the guy negotiator are going to be new. I'm not sure about the the conversation cards. I mean, ob- uh, obviously the the bugs would have to be the same, at least for the terror cards, so that you could uh, mix them. But uh, and and the. Uh, all the abductor packs they have the custom custom pictures of 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 the abductors but i'm not sure if that's it's the same art style or or are they doing anything different i haven't heard about about a new style okay now in bgg there's a picture of what the box for the cover art is like and it looks very similar to the existing one uh-huh. I said it's a woman instead of a man, but the box won't, won't be the same size, so it won't be like I could stand up the two next to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be bigger. Neat. Okay, and so it's a, I guess that means it's a tall box, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's gonna be. Uh, you, you're gonna be able to to fit the the uh, the old box like uh, on its side. So it's gonna be as mm-hmm. tall as as that that box was wide. Oh wow! Wow. Okay. Oh wow! I hadn't really got a concept of how big it was until you just said that. Because <laughs> I remember one point in time seeing a tweet from uh, Van Ryder Games about the the original box fitting in laying down, but you're saying it's gonna fit in like oh, standing so, so, up. So, so so maybe I don't remember correctly. <laughs> it's a mystery now. Because it fitting in there standing up sounds like it's a lot bigger. I would like it to be that at, at the very least, whatever it is, I want it to fit that the cards don't have to lay down, that the cards can fit in. And it has to be in order to have the dividers, but it gets a lot taller. Essentially, you're going to have the cards standing tall if it's tall enough to fit, fit the box in, at least. Mm-hmm. I imagine it would be like the size of a. We're just speculating, obviously, but like the size of, say, um. Sentinels of the Multiverse box or something like that. That's very difficult to say because there's so many different Sentinels of the Multiverse boxes. That's a tough one. <laughs> and <laughs> and they're all slightly different in yes, size. Yes, that's a tough one to really <laughs> say. It's like that one. Why not Why oh, not so go with something like a standard Alea box? That standard size would be probably what I think it should be. This is interesting. I don't know. Speculations. Yeah, especially. Where did you start rumors? I heard it's going to be as big as a descent box to hold all the future expansions. I heard that they're. I heard <laughs> that they're putting a gaming convention hostage hostage taker in there too. That's, That's right. Yeah, it, an inch thick with meeples. <laughs> and that they're and all that right. they're making a digital version. Ooh, that would be nice. I want to see a digital version. Do you? No, I would. Okay. I'd play that too. Yeah, that that, be, that would be nice. <laughs> mm-hmm, that should work well. All right, I think I think we've heard a lot about House Negotiator at this point. Um, the current and the future. Now, you aren't designing any of the new stuff yourself. 
Is that true? Uh, no, no, not yet. Is this, <laughs> no, 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 no. Is this the last <laughs> thing for Hostage Negotiator? Are you guys going to do more? I I think I, I think AJ is going to see how how this one goes, and I don't think there's any, there's anything planned beyond that. But uh, who knows? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I guess it depends on how well it sells and how much people yeah. like it. Yeah. I-, I hope to see more. I do hope to see more. Yeah, me too. I've had, I've had a lot of time. I've had a lot of fun playtesting it, and I, I must have played it. Oh, I think <laughs> over, over uh, certainly over two hundred times. I don't know, mm-hmm. maybe over three hundred. I'm, I'm still enjoying it. Do you, wow. do you use the achievements? And I started, but then uh, I don't play the, the the base game much lately because there's there's a lot of stuff to test out. So I I play mostly the the, the new stuff. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, what what is your favorite scenario so far? Your favorite abductor. Of the ones that have already been released, yeah, you can't pick your own. Yeah, sure you, you you can. I mean, no, you can't. You like it? No, you can't. That's not allowed. That's cheating. <laughs> uh, I I like the uh, the one with the Stockholm syndrome. Okay. It's, yeah, it's 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 tough. <laughs> I don't think I've played that one yet. Still not, Albert. We discussed this way no. back when we were doing Hostage Negotiator. Oh. <laughs> Still not, because we talked then so, about our favorites, and you said your favorite was the bus one, and I said my favorite was is, the yeah. Stockholm one. And you said back <laughs> then, I haven't played it. And I said, Albert, you're banned. <laughs> I, I, sh- I should try. Oh, gotta go. I should I should try tonight. Albert, you're in trouble if, now. If we're done early enough, I'll try. You're tonight. in trouble now, sir. <laughs> How many of, of the others have you tried? Uh, All of them. Let me see. I don't think I've tried. Let me see. Hostage negotiation. I've Maybe played all of them at least three times for each. <laughs> Probably a lot more, but that's a pretty conservative amount that I could say. <laughs> and Bag I, number three is the Stockholm Center. And I, right? I think the only hostage negotiation yeah. I haven't beat is the bus one. Hmm. Good job, McCloy. The the uh, pack number three is the only one I have not. Pl- okay, so now now you have homework. Now I've got homework. Okay, <laughs> I can do it. I can do it tonight. Um, I have been doing a lot of gaming this week with everybody out of town. My family's out of town. But solo gaming or or with mostly your group? solo. No, I I went to I played with my group a few times. I was gonna go today, and then I ended up deciding not to go. Because I, I thought if I did, I might take um I might take Star Trek Frontiers, which we talked about offline earlier, and I didn't want to play it. So instead, I stayed home and I played it solo. And now I'm ready to play it again with the group. Yeah, I I, I imagine it must be pretty hard to t- teaching that game to others. <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah, Julius, I got Star Trek Frontiers last week. Which one is Star Trek Frontiers? That's the... Mage Knight in Space. Oh, yes. okay. So I can now sort of say I finally played Mage Knight. You hadn't played sort Mage of. Knight before that? 
I still hadn't played it. Nope. And and I got this, and I've learned it, and I've played it three times now, and it is, it's big and it's complicated. But you can't even compare it to the original Mage Knight. I no, I can't. Okay. I you know just in what you told me is all I know. It, it, there's a lot of you're building your deck somewhat, but there's a lot of playing cards and strategizing and planning how to use all the different cards. Yes, you can never get everything you want done. That's that's the rules. N- no, um, it's. I think it's too big for me. I don't think I'm going to be able to play it much at all. The f- the first time I played it was a learning game, so I'm not even going to count that. I have no idea how long it took. The second game I played was six hours. Yep. <laughs> yep. This oh, I think Mage Knight is the biggest reason I want a, a gaming table that with a top is so that I don't have to sit down and play Mage Knight all the way through. If I could mm. have a way to reliably pause Mage Knight, I would play it so much more. But I don't have anywhere I can save it or store it or anything like that. So, yeah, it causes trouble. Yeah, it's such uh, a it's such a good game, but with kids around, it's impossible to <laughs> to li- to leave it outside. And cats and dogs, my cats keep jumping up on the table, wreaking havoc in space. Yep, that's terrible. The, you know the, the talking about the big table. The guys at low player count. I heard they're getting four tables. There's only three of them. <laughs> so Julius, maybe maybe they'll send you one. Um, no, I actually think that their arrangement was that someone buys them three copies and can keep the fourth. Oh, they ca- that was the arrangement. So I hear. Okay. Well, darn. That- I was gonna say maybe maybe you could get the fourth one. No, I don't. But you still so. could. Only if I buy the four. <laughs> send them three. I don't think that's quite in my best interests. Well, I did, you, you wanted a table. I don't know. Yeah, I, I could just get, get one table, though. <laughs> huh. I told you what my wife Wait. said if it, when I mentioned this to her. What was it she said again? She said she, she said that I could get it if I wanted no more birthday pre- birthday presents for the next 20 years. Okay. <laughs> Negotiate. And, there you go. Go, go for five, five years. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> yeah, she'll meet you in the middle. I doubt that very much. <laughs> that's, wow. that, that's her way of saying No. <laughs> well, yeah, Star Trek Frontiers is a big game because I have my dinner table is two by three feet, I guess, and it fills up the dinner table. It fills it up pretty well, but yeah, I, I couldn't leave it. I could leave it out this week because the, I guess I kick out the cats and then nobody else is gonna mess it up. But I played it today and it only took me two and a half hours, so that's more doable. Are there also like scenarios? Like that very in uh, length. Um, I haven't looked too closely into the book. I think so. There's it brings a few num- a few scenarios. Um, Do you feel bloodthirsty and evil by the time you're done playing it? No, no. All right. Well, then it's nothing like Mage Knight. But in, in here, you're killing Borgs. You know, Borgs are evil already. Though today, I you know, you could play two Federation ships or two Klingon ships. You could play a uh, Picard. In the uh, Enterprise, or Cisco in—I don't remember the name of his ship now. Okay. It's a little tiny ship. Yeah, you do not play a good guy in Mage Knight. Oh, okay. Or you could play Klingons, which they're also good folks, technically, right? The 
I don't know enough about I don't know enough about the lore to be able to tell you. Okay, in in the original Star Trek, the Klingons were bad guys. In the Next Generation, which I th- if I remember right, it's like a hundred years later or something. The um, the Klingons are part of their Federation, but they're all very aggressive and violent anyway. But th- they're part of the group. Kill them all, let God so work it out. So you can play out. any of those four. Kill hmm? them all, let God work it out. Kind, yeah, kinda. They're they're more um, you know, they're very high high moral standards and all that. Okay. Anyway, though, we're sort of off topic here. I don't remember I how know this who came to up blame. exactly. Who? Albert, I'm blaming you. Okay. Do we have any Kickstarter then? We do. We have a lot of Kickstarter to talk about. <laughs> we should do that instead. Okay. Well, let me talk about one to start <laughs> off with. The first one is called Crisis. And hopefully later on in this episode, you're going to be hearing an interview with the designers of Crisis. Um, but Crisis oh. is a worker placement game from Luda Creations. Now that they've created some other nice games, uh, Gear and Piston, Redacted, uh, Crisis is their new worker placement game, which has a sort of semi-cooperative piece to it, to a certain degree. The theme of the game is that it's in the far-flung dystopian future, and you are working for a country that has had economic failure. And due to that economic failure, you're trying to invest and build up businesses in order to bring your company back to economic independence and not have the whole country crash. If the country should crash, everyone loses the game. This reminds me of Archipelago. If the country crashes, then everyone loses the game. And the way the country will crash is if you are constantly taking the mess with you actions so someone invests in half of something and you invest the other half just to stop them from being able to make money if that happens the whole game long you're going to end up causing the economy to crash there's various different actions and things you can take the basic idea is that you are investing in companies um, to take their card and you will then power those companies by hiring employees and there's uh, Uh, There's local employees and foreign employees. And you need employees to run the company, but then any employees you have left can be used to boost the company, the business. And they boost the production of the business. And so the business can produce energy or food or minerals or chemicals or steel or machines. And you can use those resources to pay for other um, businesses and businesses to make more resources, to make money and to make points. And you keep going through the game. At the end of the game, whoever has the most points wins, assuming the economy has not completely crashed. Um, hmm. Neat looking game. I especially like the components in the deluxe edition, which is the Kickstarter edition, which I think is what they're going to be making for the final version. You can get a cheaper version on Kickstarter. But the deluxe edition comes with a bunch of shaped meeples, which is fun. It's got shaped meeples of these businessmen for the um, worker placements. It's got these briefcases return order. And each of the six different types of resources is a different shaped meeple. And it's pretty bright, colorful art um, for you know being a dystopian future. It's bright, colorful. I like the art design. I like how it looks. It looks pretty neat. Um, 
my only concern about it is how the solo rules work. And they have a Vassal version available, and I have not yet had a chance to play the Vassal version, but I will probably have a chance to play it um, by next episode, where the way it works is that normally you have the, if you don't continue making enough money, enough points, so the economy collapses. In the lower player counts, the amount of money you have to make is higher. So it's a lot easier for the economy to crash in a solo game than it is in, say, a five-player game. So the tension in the game comes from having to fight against the economy and prevent the economy from crashing, but you have your choice of any worker placement tile you want. And this immediately reminded me of another game way back on Kickstarter called The Networks, where also the tension in that game was created in part by the fact that you had to reach a certain goal in each of the four rounds, um, otherwise you would lose the game. So here too, the same thing is true. You have to reach a, a certain goal, otherwise you're going to lose the game. But in the networks, worker options, options for action selections, continue to get removed at random. Here, you have a complete open sandbox to play with and the only difficulty is make sure you're making enough points. And I'm not sure if that's enough tension to really be enjoyable. I guess it's up to you. Again, I haven't had a chance to play it, and I'd like to be able to play it. And I'll probably be able to, you know, say more of my opinions on it once I've had a chance to at least try out the Vassal version. But it looks neat. I like the art. I like the look of it. Um, I certainly like the way it looks when you're playing more more players, the worker placement tactics and the business tactics where you collect business reminds me sort of like lords of Waterdeep that you get a business and then you get to use it um i like that they're giving you both the deluxe version where you got all the custom meeples and then the less expensive basic edition where you don't have to pay for all those meeples if you don't want to which is nice you can save 10 bucks the game is 50 dollars if you're looking for the deluxe edition only 39 if you're not looking for the deluxe edition and it's not going to be finished until all the way in august 30th so, plenty of time for me to get a couple of games and it'll probably give you more of a mini-review. Wow, okay. That's a long Kickstarter. It is a long Kickstarter. They picked to do 60 days. I'm not sure why. Yeah, they're already 250% funded. Yes. Hmm, so, it's going to happen. So, what what did you say is different between the reg- the deluxe and not deluxe version? Uh, there's just cubes and standard meeples in the basic ve- version. Okay. No fun-shaped meeples. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a nice looking it game. Is. And it, it, I think you were about to say that it's funded, so there's going to be stretch goals. Ludicreations does not ever do stretch goals. Ah, okay. They have not to date, and they will not, and that's just their opinion. Good to know. So everything that you know, that's kind of like my Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> I I, re- I respect the business practice, and I personally don't have a problem with it. Stretch goals are fun, but the game also looks good, and it's no worse than pre-ordering from, you know, Plat Hat or something else like that, where you don't get stretch goals. Stretch goals mm-hmm. make money and make cool stuff, but you know, the game looks cool. It's fine. Yeah, and they they add complication and all that. I guess in theory, the benefit of stretch goals is it gets people more excited about the game, and therefore are going to go and advertise it more for you. Hmm. But you know, I don't know. Yep, yep. But 
Okay, so that, that's cool. That does look really So neat. that's Crisis, and hopefully we'll be having an interview with them uh, coming on soon, if not this week okay. next. Okay, cool. Um, next one I want to talk about, I'm going to mention a bit more briefly. This one is called Hero Prepare Your Champion. And I'm going to send you a little link over here in Skype. And the reason why I wanted to mention this is because they are also doing transparent cards. And there was another recent Kickstarter that I thought did this um, really well, which was an airship game, which the name of it is not coming to mind right now. But I remember that. That was the one where you you had the, the cards that represented your character. That they represented you characters. Your captain or they represented characters in your crew. They represented okay. characters in your crew. Um, they did not represent um, your character yourself because you yourself were just the captain of a ship. They represented characters in your crew. Okay. So there's, I mean, that's here. This one actually represents you, what your character is, and it's a cooperative game. So and the point of this game is that you're in a various dungeons and you're a hero and you're collecting more cool things and leveling up and getting more powers and resources and mining and things like that. Um, I, you know, the theme is not amazing. Uh, it uses like Tetris tiles to do damage when you're doing it sort of like, uh, um, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. It uses Tetris. Tetris tiles is unique how they want to do that for damage. But they're using also these transparent cards to level up your characters. And I thought the transparent cards was neat. The Tetris cards, I don't, without having played it, I can't really tell how much that really does. It's a neat idea. What sets me off about it personally is the art style. Mm -hmm. It is a bit basic. It is a bit basic. It looks like a kid did it is my personal opinion on it. I don't know. I was I was set off by the art style. I just didn't really appreciate it. Yeah, you know, it reminds me of a sort of like an old comic book or something. Maybe. Maybe, but it wasn't I wasn't such a fan of it, but I thought they were doing some interesting things. Um and if you're interested, feel free to take a look at it. Um, I don't think it's that expensive of a game. It's a sixty. Actually, it's a sixty-dollar game. So never mind that. So it's a sixty-dollar game. Okay. And they are not yet funded. I don't know if they're going to be funded. So this may be one that, if you want to help it out, may need your help. It looks like transparent cards are the new thing. Well, this is only the second one I've seen that does it in Kickstarter and it's the only third game that I know that's done something like this. Have you heard of something else that does something like that? There's a, there's a game that was popular, I think, and not on Kickstarter, but it was, uh, let me look for it. M- Mystic Veil. Ah, yes. Mystic Veil. That actually was a big one that was being done by yeah. this AEG. That's the big. That's their big release that used uh, transparent cards. You're right. Totally hadn't hadn't thought of that one. Yeah, there are some. I, I think you have you have the uh, plastic uh, the the card protectors and and you, you can insert up to mm-hmm. three the different transparent cards there. Yeah, and that one's even more unique because they're actually using card sleeves. You have to sleeve the game and unsleeve the game each game, and you sort of build your cards up as you're doing it. Right, right, right. 
So anyway, that is hero. Prepare your, um, prepare yourself. Prepare your dungeon. Next one, I thought Albert would actually really like. Albert, have you heard of Dungeon Time? Nope. Dungeon Time is a cooperative real-time game, and this one, if it were more Shabbos friendly, would be really interesting. The basic idea of this one is you get a deck of cards, and the cards consist of mission cards and and item cards. And the item cards are things like bows and swords and shields and scrolls and books and keys and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And so you'll go through and in real time, you're on a timer, everyone gets their hand of cards, and you have to look at look at your hand and say, Oh, I have um, a mission to get a book, a key, and a sword. Does anybody have any books, keys, or swords? And so this guy will say, yeah, I have, I have, I have. Okay, so everyone has to quickly play it to the center, and then I'll put the mission on top of it. And then the pile in the center will keep growing, because when you clear a mission, so it'll give you an item, and you keep piling on and on. Now, then you don't ever get to look at what's in your deck as you're running through this. You have to try and remember, oh, did I get the book or the key, or did someone throw a sword in there by accident? And you have to try and remember everything that's going on. As you're running through all of that, you have to get make sure that you get enough missions successful to be able to get to the end of the game. If someone thinks that they put a book in the deck already, and they didn't actually put a book in the deck, your mission's going to fail, and you're going to left with extra stuff in your backpack. After you've had five minutes and you're on a timer to do this, after you've had five minutes to run through the game, you'll stop and you'll go through the game now more slowly. So instead of just having the one big pile, you have eight slots in your backpack. And each slot can take one of those different item types. So the book, the torch, the each one of those goes in one slot. If any slot has more than three copies of something, or if you ever need a ninth slot, you lose the game. And that meant that the whole time you had to remember, well, what was actually in your backpack to make sure you didn't overflow your backpack. And you'll go through and you'll resolve the whole thing step by step and make sure that you didn't actually ever overflow your backpack while you were all trying to remember what it was that you were doing and what it was that was going on. And that is the entirety of the game. And when you're playing it solo, you get two hands to try and deal with as you're going through it. And again, you're just having to remember all by yourself now what you're doing in that uh, backpack deck. Hmm, neat. That you know that that almost reminds me of a uh, Shadows Over Camelot card game, in that you're playing cards trying to memorize things. Also, not the same, but similar. Okay. Yeah, yeah I have yet to try one of those real-time games. Really, you've not done any. Uh, not that I remember. No. Hmm. Okay, this one sounds like an interesting one to me. Um, wider than something like Escape. I don't really have to explain the rules. You get the rules for this very quick as you're playing it, so it seems pretty neat. Mm-hmm, it does. And, and I like Escape. You should try Escape some point. I assume you're talking about saying that to Mikolaj. Yes, to Mikolaj. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard a lot of good things about Escape, also from you. <laughs> Oh, okay. It's fun. I mean, it, it's definitely very light, but it's it's fun. And this is one step wider and easier, but still looks like a lot of fun. So that is Dungeon Time. 
the a copy of the game is twenty five dollars, and I think that it comes with the deluxe stuff. I think that they have some deluxe things that you can get only during Kickstarter, and so it comes with some extra chipboard stuff and some extra reward tokens. So, good stuff. And I, I like the art style in this one also. Mm-hmm. And just one that I'm going to mention briefly, um, just to say it's back on Kickstarter. This is a rerun or a um, re-Kickstarter or something I talked about quite a while back because it didn't work out, um, was Caverns and Crystals, which was a one-to-four player game where you get these uh, little imp tokens and you're trying to control a center part of your board in order to get the resources from or trying to control a tile on a board a hex tile on a board to get the resources from it um and the goal of the game is to build up your full tower i discussed this one quite a while back and if you were interested in it back then i recommend you take a look at the kickstarter now again um it was a 25 dollar game and it's going to be finishing up on july 28th and if we have time for one more albert uh sure um, this is another one that's probably you've heard of. Darkness Sabotage. And if you like the... Um, is this the one that had the, the split levels with water? No. There's there's a classic... There's a, This is a cla- more classic game. Um, but Oh, Space, Space Hulk, Hulk, Death Angel? Space or even Hulk, more classic? Space Hulk, that's the one. Okay. Um, so this one very much reminds me of Space Hulk. You, again, you have the spaceship that you're exploring and it has the enemies and so it's all minis the game is another minis game and you level up your guys and you equip them and you march through it's a co-op game as you're running through this uh trying to fight back the darkness with all of your plastic counters and your tokens and the um it's got some nice custom dice also it uses some custom dice for combat Pretty looking game. Lots of meeples and tokens. Um, it's an expensive game. It's a $100 game. It does come with a bunch of minis. It comes with 45 uh, minis that you can use for the heroes and for the enemies. Very much reminds me of Space Hulk. I don't know if they're intending on making it so reminiscent of Space Hulk. Or not. But, hmm. um, you know. Marines fighting through space. Fighting off bad guys. Looks cool. Always fun. And the miniatures are really nice. And I don't think Space Hulk is available yeah. anymore, so this is the sort of thing you're looking for. Grab it. Is it out of print, really? I don't think Space Hulk is available. I, I, I looked for it at one point in time. I don't know if it's available anymore. But, you know, this looks like, at the very least, it's an excellent imitation of a dungeon crawl game. Do you mean the the GMT or not GMT, but the, the Fantasy Flight Space Hulk? The or Fantasy the... Flight one. Okay. No, I think the Games Workshop, the Fantasy Flight was wasn't that the card game? Yes. Oh, so then I'm talking about the Games Workshop one. Thank you, Miklash. The, the board game one. Okay. The board game one with the actual tiles that you're moving through. So that that one they they keep reprinting. I think they've done their fourth or so, and they released it. I think they released it an edition last year. I do not know. The the Fantasy Flight one, the card game, is still available, though. I'm not talking about the card game one. I know. I know. But 
you know, if you if you wanted Space Hulk and you're not too picky. Or if you want if Space you want Hulk really and you're not too picky, anyway. then you should get Darkness. Then you should get this Darkness. Oh, there you game. go. <laughs> I, I think that's I think go. that's basically what I'm saying is that it's like Space Hulk but looks cool. <laughs> there you go. That does look really it neat. It looks nice it looks neat. For something that's dark, it looks bright and colorful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the player art the, the boards and the player art that you have a your own board with the picture of your guy sort of charging into battle and you get spots to put your weapon cards and your level ups and things like that. Mm-hmm. That's those are nice minis. Well, you know, I don't know. I wonder. I, I always look at these Kickstarters and they have pictures of minis, but they're three D renderings, aren't they? And I wonder how the the figures compare to the renderings. I don't know. You can look at any I, of the cool mini or not ones and see how they compare. I get. Yeah, I'll do that. I have, I have no idea. You you probably know my opinion on minis, so I'm not going to weigh in on that one. <laughs> All right. Okay, and that was it for Kickstarter? Yep. All right, so let's move on to the today's game. So moving on, want to talk about Castle Panic or Star Trek Panic? Yes, we're going to talk about Castle Panic and then mention Ca- Star Trek Panic also because I've only played Castle Panic. No, I'm sorry, I've, I've gone, only played Star Trek Panic. I've once. gone out of order because I just mentioned Star Trek Panic, and you just said that we're not mentioning Star Trek Panic until later. That's okay. I mean, we already mentioned its existence. I mean, it's fine to acknowledge it. It exists. Oh, so That's true. you're saying that we have only acknowledged it. We haven't actually mentioned it. We have not yet breached that line. <laughs> uh, well, upset now we're breaching the line. So maybe there was never actually a line there. When did we breach the line? Right now we're just talking about <laughs> lines. We're not talking about Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> well, then let's talk about Castle Panic because that's got lines on it. Now, are you familiar with Castle Panic, Julius? I am, and I've played it. Okay, and, and Mikolai, you said you haven't played it, but you know about the game. Uh, yeah, I read up on it a bit. Okay, so so this is a, a tower defense game, sort of, in that you, you're playing, um, you're controlling a castle. There's a castle in the middle of the board, and it is under siege by monsters coming in from the woods. And you're you're being attacked by goblins and orcs and trolls and orc wizards and stuff like that. Um... The 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 basic game. It's published by uh, Fireside Games, and who designed it? Let's look that up. Um, designers yeah. Justin Dewitt. Yes. Okay. Justin Dewitt. And this game came out in two thousand nine, but it is still definitely available. Um. So this game, it like I said, it's a you're defending your castle, and it's sort of a tower defense game. You're gonna have a board, and the board in the middle. There's a castle, and the board is the board is divided into six. Um, well, okay. Imagine, imagine a six si- slice pizza. Let me try this again. Imagine a pizza with six slices. Mm, right, that's the board. It. However, the people that made this pizza put like pepperonis in the middle, and outside of that, like a ring of olives, and outside of that, like a ring of anchovies. Ew. And then 
outside of that, <laughs> a ring of tomatoes, and finally the crust. That's what this game looks like, right? It's all these rings extending out of the circle on slices. How about I feel a retheme oh. coming on? <laughs> you know, there there was a retheme done about this, and we'll talk about that. Not later. a pizza form. <laughs> Not a pizza one, no. <laughs> so in this game, um, th- there's those those six um, slices with rings. Um, you're gonna start placing monsters on the outside ring on the crust, and they're gonna slowly start moving in each turn towards your castle. Um, in the center of the board is your castle. It is made out of six little cardboard towers and six little cardboard castle walls that you place on standees on the board. As the monsters breach your walls and enter the, the ring, they start destroying these things and you take it off the board. Your goal is to survive the onslaught of all the monsters well, with at least one tower standing at the end of the game. The... Uh, so, so you got the board, you got the castle, you've got a deck of cards. The deck of cards are what you use to fight the monsters. The cards will have things like um, a type of fighter. Um, there's there's swordsmen, there's knights, and there's archers. The swordsmen can attack at the nearest ring outside of the castle. The knights can reach a second ring only, and then the archers can do the outer ring. Only. Only. And then there, there's also a few other characters, like there's a barbarian that can attack anywhere. Archers are apparently not very good at aiming down. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> and the, um, and what was I saying? And there's some other cards, and there's some special cards, like there's a mortar card and a stone card. And if you combine the two, you could rebuild a wall that's been destroyed. Uh, and there's other types of cards. Also, the, the, I mentioned there's six slices in this. Each slice, well, each pair of slices is a color. So there's two, two of them that are red, two blue, and two green. Your, your cards for shooting, like the archers and knights, the, uh, the cards are the same. Uh, so you might have a green knight or, or red swordsman or whatever. The red swordsman can only fight in the red section, inner ring, and so on. The, and then besides that, now you've got a bunch of monsters. The monsters are little triangle shapes, and they each have a monster. And the monsters are either goblins, orcs, or trolls. Goblins are strength one, orcs two, and trolls three. Besides that, there's some other special monsters, like I think a an orc mage and a goblin something. And now, why are they in triangle shape? They that's so they could represent the damage. The for example, the troll that has three strength. The bottom corner will say three. One of the other corners will say two, and the other corner says one. As you fight them and you do damage. You, you rotate the triangle so that the, the its current strength is pointing in towards the castle. That was a great way for them to measure damage in the game, I thought. Mm-hmm. It, really it, it is. Neat. It's really neat. Yeah. And, and it, it looks nice. Besides those monsters, though, there's other kinds of uh, things that you could draw from those monster tiles. There's some cards like boulders that are just obnoxious. They, they will come out and they'll destroy everything in its path, including monsters if there are any. Until they reach a castle wall and then knock down a piece of that castle wall. Whatever hits first. Um, and so now the way you place these monsters. At the start of the game you can have six monsters. One in each of the sections in the outer ring. In, in, the, in the archer ring. Um, at the end of each turn. Well so now let me tell you each turn. Each turn you're going to play cards from your hand. Um, well no no. 
my step back. And I didn't mention, this is actually not just a solo game. This is a one to six player game, and it's cooperative. Um, it could be played, I think, competitively for points. You know, see who kills the most. But really, it's a cooperative game. Um, if you're playing solo, you can have a hand of six cards. At the beginning of the turn, you could decide to discard up to two cards and replace them with two more. Actually, before that, you're going to draw up to six. You always start the turn with six cards. Then you'll discard two if you want. Then you could play cards to attack things. For example, if you have a blue swordsman and there's a monster in the blue ring, you could do one point of damage to it with one swordsman. If if there's two, if it's a if that monster has two points of health, you need to play two swordsmen to to kill it. Um, you play all the cards you want and can, and then all the monsters advance one section in towards the center, and if they if they go from the swordsman ring in, they'll take a point of damage as they destroy whatever's there. Um, for example, if there's a if there's a goblin, he's a strength one monster, and he advances into the wall. You take off the goblin because you just killed it, and you take off the wall. If you killed it by having it run into the wall, yes, yep, it sacrificed itself as a, a sap or something that dug in underneath. And exploded the wall, I guess. I think it just ran into the wall. Literally, it just <laughs> put its that. head down and it went straight forward. And just... <laughs> Ouch, that would hurt. <laughs> so now if, it's a, if the monster has, like, say, two strength, it would one point would destroy the wall. The second point would destroy the tower, destroy the tower behind that wall. And it would now be inside the, the center ring. Going forward, when it moves every time, it's already in the center. It starts moving clockwise inside that center until all your pieces are gone all your towers are gone um so once all the monsters have moved you now draw two more monster tiles and you place them you roll d6 to determine for each one which column they get placed in and then you go back to the next turn you draw six again and repeat and that's the whole game it's it's very simple game um it's fun to 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 play and watch all those monsters come it tends to be kind of tense especially as stuff gets starts getting destroyed. And I've had games where I, I ended the game with one tower and one piece of wall left, and that was it. And I was sure I was not going to win, but somehow I did. The game ends once you run out of monsters in the draw bag and there's no more monsters on the board. Um, So the basic game of Castle Panic, it's very simple. It actually ends up being kind of redundant. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend this game by itself. It's fun with kids, though. If you have young kids, it's a it's a nice simple game to play with. So when you say you wouldn't recommend it by itself, you mean you have to package the kids. <laughs> now every game brings a kid. No. What what I mean by that is that there's two expansions available for the game. And they really make the game a lot better. Well what are these um, new expansions? <laughs> well, one of them isn't that new. The other one I think came out last year. The the older one is the Wizard's Tower. Um, before I say what, what makes this game not so great is that it, it's very repetitive. It's the same thing over and over. There's three types of monsters, with a couple exceptions, a couple more types, right? Like the the troll mage and all that, and all the those stone, extra monsters the do. Rolling stone. What the stone? There's a few tiles that say draw more tiles, but um, overall, it's just kind of repetitive and a little long before that. So the wizard's tower, what that adds is there is now one. You replace one of your towers with a wizard's tower that's much taller, and that's where your wizard lives. You, because you have a wizard, you can now do magic. Um, 
for the most part, you're going to play the game like normal. But when you discard your cards, you could choose to, instead of drawing from the deck of normal cards, you could draw from the wizard's deck. And so you have a choice of taking cards that do normal damage and normal things, or taking these wizard cards that could do special things. Um, and the special things could be like a, a fireball that hits a monster, the monster takes a damage and is now on fire. And so they take damage every turn from the fire. Or you could do attack the whole ring with some kind of damage or hit every monster in a single column, in a single section. And they add a lot of variety and more interesting choices to the game. That's the biggest thing. Right now, at the beginning of every turn, it was already kind of a hard choice. You know, should I discard these cards or should I keep it? Sometimes the choice is really easy because if you have no monsters in the red section, you may as well discard those red cards and hope to draw blue cards. So if I had blue monsters, for example. Um, now you're also choosing, well, do I want a wizard's card or a regular card? Wizard's cards are nice, but they they don't always do damage directly, and so sometimes they, they're not usable immediately. Um, and you, when, whatever kind of cards you have in your hand, you still have the six-card limit. So you could, in, you know, I guess in theory, end up with six wizard cards in your hand. And if you weren't able to play them for whatever reason, next turn you're just not drawing cards. Um, besides all that, all these cards, it adds a bunch of new monsters. When you when you play the game, you're gonna remove some of the basic monsters and add all these new monsters. There's a lot of variety in the monsters. There's flying monsters, and there's monsters that that um, don't fly but also work differently. Um, for example, there's a doppelganger. The you play the doppelganger on the board, and he you can't actually attack him. He's not a monster. He's just in the woods until another monster dies. At that point. He becomes whatever monster you just killed, um, which can be very annoying because you you may have a monster that's that's really going to cause you a lot of grief that you are just about to kill, and if, if you go ahead and kill him right away, the doppelganger is going to become that monster, and now you got to deal with all that grief again. Or you could maybe just kill little goblins that are super easy to kill later, and the doppelganger comes back as that. So. So when that happens, that could be frustrating, and in a fun way. Um, there's also flying monsters. Flying monsters can only hit by archers, but now, Julius, the archers can shoot at any distance. If, if you're shooting a flying monster, the archer can shoot it at the first, second, or third. The range. archers have leveled up. Yes, but only when they're shooting up in the air. They have leveled up, up. <laughs> <laughs> up, up. <laughs> um, and there's also fire. I mentioned that the you could shoot fire at the monsters. Some of the monsters also attack with fire like for example there's a dragon if your castle wall catches fire um not too bad but if if, if you keep getting more fire in that in that section of the wall it eventually destroys the wall without a monster having to actually and the fire is actually neat because it's another piece of cardboard that actually clips on the cardboard castles Mm-hmm. yeah it is really neat it's fun to see and you know i didn't mention it but there's other stuff like there's a um a barricade that you can mount on your walls and these these little wooden uh piece that you like a, like a big rectangular counter they actually put on the wall with a little spike sticking out so it really looks like a barricade to, to defend against monsters and that's super cool and i'm gonna i'm um, gonna say if you're listening to this podcast you probably are not going to enjoy castle panic without this expansion Mm-hmm. that's right i, I agree you, you you definitely need the expansion um the other thing that it has that's worth mentioning is there's four boss monsters 
I think four, maybe six. At the beginning of the game, you randomly draw three of them and throw them in the mix. You throw them in. The, the expansion also brings it back, a bag. With the base game, you, you have the counters on the table and you flip them over. Um, now you're drawing them out of a bag. The, um, what was I saying? So when you get the boss monsters, you put three of them in the bag. When you draw them, it's just a plain tile that has the monster's name. Now you get the, the actual tile for that monster from wherever you're keeping it and put it on the board. And the reason you do that is because these monsters are not triangular shaped like the rest. A lot, Some of them are four or five, or I think there's even a, a six-sided shape because that monster has six points of damage. Health. Um, so again, those tend to be a lot tougher. So so the game is a lot more interesting this way. Um, and the expansion really makes a big difference. What would you say your win rate is for this game? With, without the um, expansion or with the expansion? Uh, both. <laughs> without the expansion, probably I, close to 95%. Oh, yeah, okay. I agree. You, you, don't, you, you don't lose often. And you can make the game harder. There's ways to do that if I remember right. I think the rulebook has some suggestions, but I don't usually do that. Honestly, I, I'd rather just play with an expansion. Um, with the expansion, it is lower. I think it's still above 50%. But I, I think I it's really probably above how. 80% or 70%. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess mean, I haven't is... really played it with all of the more difficult sections on with Castle Panic because usually at this point in time, if I'm playing Castle Panic, I'm wanting to play a lighter game where I want mm-hmm. to win. Essentially. Okay. Yeah. It's it's good for that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm now... not putting too much challenge into it. <laughs> <laughs> and and how about the solo game? Is it? Uh, do you play multiple hands or is it a true solo game? I play a true solo. Um, it's, you know, you have six cards. If you play multiple players, you have fewer cards in your hand. Oh, okay. I, actually, I think it, with two players, it's still six cards. But with uh, f- more than two, you, your hands become smaller. But there's also a, a trading option. Um, in, in the multiplayer game, you could discard one card, and you could trade a card with one person. So, so there ends up being a lot more options there. So that becomes interesting, actually, because you could trade with a card with a person knowing that you're going to help them in the future, and they could give you a card that helps you now. So it ends up being usually more powerful than just the blind discard. And for me, I can't... I mean, I, I, fi- I would find it difficult to play with multiple hands in this one. It's not as bad as something like um, The Big Book of Madness, where there's a lot of interaction between the different hands and the different players, and trying to play both players at once or multiple players at once is, is hard on my head. This one, there's not a lot of interaction between the different players, but still, the game... I, there's there's not strategic concerns that you're losing out on some interaction between players by playing only one. So I just play only one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Now, there's another expansion, right? I mentioned there's one called uh, The Dark Titan. Now, this expansion is actually... This one came out last year, and this one's actually a lot smaller. And I haven't played it yet. Okay. Um, so convince me. Okay. I will try. It's fun. I'm convinced. <laughs> so, So this expansion is a lot smaller. It actually comes in a little... I'd say like four by four inch box or something like that. Maybe even smaller than that. Yeah, maybe smaller than that. Um, and this, you're fighting the Dark Titan, which is this big boss monster. 
and he he could be really tough. And there's a couple other new things in there too, besides the monsters. Um, assuming you're just playing with just the base game and not with Wizard's Tower, um, again you would replace some of the basic monsters with the new monsters, and and you set it up like normal. And then when you're playing, and you're also going to get some new cards. Um, there's new types of monsters, just like again, like in Wizard's Tower, but different monsters, and they do different things. Some of the monsters are just tougher. When you attack them, for example, you then roll a d6, and if you roll one or a two, it just didn't hurt them at all, and you discard your attack. Nothing happened. Um, so so that could be a little frustrating and a little tough. There's a couple other special counters. Um, th- there's there's plague now, I think. That's new. That will have you discard all your red cards or something like that, or all of, all of one color. Um, there's other monsters. I can't think. You know, I played it last night. I can't think of any of them right now. But there's also a couple of the cards that are not monsters that actually support tokens that help you. Um, you draw them from the bag like normal, like a monster. And there's I think three different ones. There's reserves. Um, there's a supply wagon, maybe that's only two of them, and then there's also a cavalier. The, the reserves and supply wagon. You don't have to be so cavalier about it. (laughs) (laughs) But um, um. (laughs) the, um, the, so the, the, not the cavalier, the other two, you draw those from the bag, and you place them on the outer ring. However, they don't advance like uh, monsters do, they're not monsters. Anything that affects monsters does not affect them. Um, to move them, you discard a card, and the, the the counter can move one space. If the card color matches the color that they're on now, they can move two spaces. The reserves, if they move into a monster, they fight the monster, and they each do an equal amount of damage to each other until one of them dies. So if, if, your, if your reserves has three health and the monster has two, they each do two, two points. Um... And, and you could keep using him until he dies. If if you have him make it to the center section, or or maybe the swordsman ring, I don't remember which of the two right now, then you could choose to do whatever health they have left to any creatures on the board, which which could also be very nice. Uh, the supply wagon, if it reaches the center ring, will then automatically give you the ability to rebuild some stuff right away. Um, now, when I, was, I was playing last night, I was... So frustrated because I drew the supply wagon. Great. I rolled the die. Five. I put it on the outer ring. Um, I drew the next towel from the bag. Boulder. Five. It immediately crushed the wagon and knocked off a piece of wall. <laughs> and, and, and you know, those things are very thematic and they could be kind of fun. I assume that um, as soon as they saw the supply wagon, some monsters pulled a boulder out to knock it out. And that's what happened. They were going for that supply wagon. Um, the Cavalier piece instead, now that's a card that you have in your hand. You play the card, and you can now put a little Cavalier stand-up on the board, and he works differently. Every turn, right before the monsters move, you can move the Cavalier one space, and then if he's on a space with monsters, he could attack it. He will do up to two points of damage. However, if the monster only had one health to begin with, it doesn't hurt the Cavalier at all. So the Cavalier is a great way to kill these monsters that have just one health and, and stay on the board forever and can kill them off for you. 
But if you really needed to, you could sacrifice him and do two points of damage to another monster. And and you don't actually have to fight with a monster if he's in the same space. You could choose to ignore the monster. Um, uh, unfortunately, he is also hurt by boulders. It's hard not to get crushed by boulders. Boulder. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it hurts. And and oh yeah. So besides all that, there is also the Dark Titan, um, Agronok. I think is his name. Agronok or something like that. He. Um, he's another big counter. He has eight health at the beginning. And the way he works, at the start of the game, you're going to shuffle up the Agronagrock cards and draw one randomly and play it face down. And on the space, it has a section, three sections for heralds. The heralds are other counters you could draw in the bag. Each time you draw a herald, you put it on its section, and on where you place them, it tells you an effect that happens, like discard a card or do this, um... I think one's discarded a card of your choice and one's discarded a card at random. When you place a third herald, uh, there's a boulder immediately. And then Agron Era comes out. And then you flip over the card and you find out which version of him it is. Some are a little easier than others. And the way he works is he moves... He moves and then you roll the die and there's a little chart on his card that has a secondary effect that happens. Um, and there could be things like he might heal, he might move extra spaces... Other things can happen. Um, he's tough because he has eight health, so there's four on one side and four on the other. He's a square-shaped monster. When you go, when you flip him over to the to the weaker side, uh, there's an effect. I believe you have to discard a card. Um, then on that flip side, that the health is four, three, and two. There is no one. You can't kill him by doing one point of damage. You have to do at least a two point hit at the end to kill him. Once you kill him, though, if you kill him, and you clear anything that's left on the board, the game ends immediately. You, you could stop drawing things from the bag, if I remember correct. I didn't get that far yesterday, so I, I may have that rule wrong. I, I definitely got beat by him. So, so again, this is a fun game. It doesn't have as many choices as the other one, I think, in terms of the cards, because it doesn't have the wizard cards you play, but it has a lot more variety of monsters, and it has a lot more choices of what to do because you got the Cavalier and the support tokens. So again, this one is interesting. And this one, is since it is smaller, it is a cheaper expansion. I think this was a $15 expansion. So do you use one expansion or the other or both? You could mix them or you could use them separately. Um, so far, I've been... I, I don't know I have a preference. I mean, they all work. They're all a little different. Does it add if as I, much to the game as um, Wizards Tower did? Do you feel it's as necessary? I think one of the two is necessary. All right. I, I'd say either either one would be fine. So one alone is sufficient. You don't need both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, if I were going to pick one or the other, I think for fun, I would pick Wizards Tower. I think that one's a little more fun. But it's also more expensive, so your sort of price is an issue. I'd say go with go with the uh, Dark Titan. Um, there's also promos available, and there's been a couple of tabletop day expansion or promo things that are probably now super hard to find. Um, there's stuff you can get from the Kickstarter marketplace. There's a coaster and a bookmark and some extra cards, and they all have some kind of ability. So, so if you're a collector, those might be neat. 
so so that is Castle Panic. I, I like it a lot. I like it with the expansions, especially. Without the expansions, it's very light. It'd be great to introduce new people to the game. It'd be fun with little kids. Um, I wouldn't necessarily play it as a solo experience. I think if I wanted something light, I'd also want something short at the time, and this is going to be too long and repetitive for that. Even with the expansions? No, I mean without but the with expansions. With the expansions, how much do you recommend it? I, you know, the problem with it is that you got to buy an expansion and it adds to the price. The game is $50, I think. The The Dark Titan is another 15 so that's a $65 game. Now, for $65, you could get something like a Grickle or something else that's got a lot more depth to it. So you don't recommend it then? Do I have that right? Not, not f- you know, if you had kids, I'd do. Again, because you get the base game and just play that. You know, you wouldn't do that with Agricola. Um, but I, I I like it a lot. With I am glad I have it too, with the, uh, the expansions. So you are saying there's also a retheme of the game. Yeah, so there's a retheme that just came out like in the last month or so. Um, and this actually there's a couple rethemes. There's a Munchkin Panic, which I have never played. I don't know anything about that one. And there and that came out I think last year. And there's Star Trek Panic that just came out. And I played this one a couple weeks ago and I played it, I was expecting not to like it. It's a Star Trek theme game, and it's the original series Star Trek, which doesn't interest me that much. Eh. And it's Castle Panic and Castle Panic without the expansions and that fun. So I wasn't expecting to enjoy it. Um, but but I found it was really fun. I had a good time with it. And I played multiplayer, not solo. But in this one, what's different, first of all, instead of building the little castle in the middle, you have a, a 3D enterprise that you got set up that's also made out of cardboard, just like the counters are. Um, but you have the ship in the middle, and it's on a base that's a hex-shaped base. And it has these plastic inserts that represent the shields around it. Uh, when you play, the things that are different now, you have the, the enemy ships moving in towards you. Um, instead of damaging you when they reach the center, every turn they attack and move. So as soon as you know, it doesn't matter how far away they are, they could shoot. So, so you take a lot more damage in this game. Um, another difference is each player is going to have a card, a character card. You could be the captain or Spock or a few of the others. I, I don't I think there's like six different ones to pick from maybe. I'm not sure. Um, each of these has a special power. And, and, you know, the power will vary. Some of them, one of them does extra damage. One maybe lets you take an action an extra action or one lets you absorb some health they all do different things and i only played one so i don't know what the rest do but they they add variety to the game and the other thing that's different is the objective here is different instead of trying to make it through all the tiles you have to complete a number of missions I, i think it was three in the standard game the missions are different at the beginning of each turn you're going to draw a card not each turn but you're going to draw a card and that's your mission and that will be your mission until either you run out of time to complete it or until you complete it. Um, there's a couple types of missions. Some of them require you to to go pick up an object or something like that. Now, this is interesting because this game has movement. You could play cards and use your abilities to navigate the ship. You could actually rotate the ship on this board. 
So maybe monsters that were coming in from your left side where you'd taken a lot of damage, you can now turn and face them. And it's a side that actually has armor. Um, so you could rotate that way, and you're also able to advance. Um, the way advancing works is just anything in front of you comes closer to you by one space. The reason you would do this is because some of the missions need you to to get a an object in space right in front of you. And once it's in front of you, you completed that mission. Um, so that adds a lot of choices and a lot of strategy to the game, which is really neat. The Some of the other missions have you play certain cards, um, like three science and two communication cards to complete whatever the mission is. And all the cards that you have that normally do things like attack, cre- attack uh, not creatures, but attack the enemy ships and stuff, also have abilities on them. Some might say science. I figured out they all were science command. There's like four different types, maybe five. Um, so you could choose to play cards to fight all the enemies or play cards to complete the mission. Um, I think those are the major differences I remember. The I think I already said the game ends immediately when you complete the last mission. And I think maybe and clear the board. Maybe I don't think that even mattered. I think it's only when um, you beat the missions. From, from my understanding. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't play it solo. I played it with four people, and I had a lot of fun. There's a lot of choices in this game, a lot more strategy. I love how the ship turns around. When when you take damage, you remove the shield off... Well, the, the shield, I think, first takes one damage, and then you remove it off the board. Uh, when the ship takes damage, you put these... You slide these uh, cardboard pieces over the existing pieces, and they look like they have damage. They they actually look damaged. Like the the main disc in the front is divided into four sections, so you cover with damaged sections. Um. Actually, I think the, the you cover it to destroy it, or maybe maybe there's two covers. I don't remember exactly, but it, it looks just visually really neat. And and you could get this game for fifty dollars, which is the same as Castle Panic, without expansions. And that's kind of what makes Castle Panic a little hard to recommend when, when you, I know you could buy this one. Of course, I haven't played it solo. Maybe when you play it solitaire, it totally flops. Who knows? Only one way to find out. Right. Albert, go back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just wait. They'll be right back. <laughs> so there you go. That's Castle Panic and one of its offshoots, Star Trek Panic. We haven't played Munchkin Panic, so I cannot say anything about it, but I'm sure it's just a fine game. I'm not sure it's a fine game. <laughs> it, it is, after all, Munchkin Panic. It's is. Do you know anything about it? Is it just like Castle Panic? Is there? I don't know anything about it. It's just that it's Munchkin, and I don't really have much faith in in Munchkin. <laughs> <laughs> There's also, for the record, a game called Doctor Panic that has nothing to do with this setting. It's a totally different game. I've actually seen people play that game, and it is hilarious to watch. Um, Albert, there's also a game called Mage Knight that has nothing to do with this game. (laughs) (laughs) And Star Trek. Oh, and there's another. There's Dead Panic. What are you doing? Just searching by panics? (laughs) I am. I was checking out the price. Dead Panic is like like, um, Castle Panic. It's zombies instead, and it's a modern setting. Again, I don't know how different that is. This one doesn't have any expansions that I know of. I'm, ch- I'm trying to see the price. I think 
39. Yeah, Star Trek Panic apparently retails for 39. Castle Panic for 35. Oh, that's cheaper than I thought. I wonder if, if I just remembered wrong or if my game store has the price too high. <laughs> but so, okay, so that means if you get Castle Panic retail for 35 and the Wizard's Tower expansion for 25, that's a $60 game. You know, that that's a lot more profitable than I was thinking it was 80 Well, it's a good thing you looked it up. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there you go. That's all the panic. <laughs> Don't panic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Does anybody have anything else they want to say? Add. Oh, there is, you know, there is one problem with all these games. Mikolaj, did you see a problem here? Uh, a problem? <laughs> no. <laughs> no? Mikolaj, what were your thoughts on the games? Uh... When Albert said it's it's good for kids, uh, I was thinking about trying it out because I think my my son is around the same age as Albert's, and uh, maybe trying to go from there. If I if I enjoy it, I might try one of the expansions. Well, how old is your son? He's eight. He's eight. I mean, the real question is, Albert. Yeah. Let me ask you: If you have an eight-year-old, is this your first recommendation for a co-op game to play with them? Uh, my son likes to play a lot of different, he plays, I, you know, I don't know because I don't think he's a normal eight year old kid. Every parent says it, but like he <laughs> likes to play Lord of the Rings card game, for example, and he's not very good. He likes this one. He does. I don't know if it'd be the first or not. I, you put me in the spot when I don't know. Fair enough. Well, Mikolaj, there's a very important question though that we need to ask you. Yeah, we've been beating around the bush on this. Yeah, what is it? <laughs> What's the game missing? Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> All right. As with every other time we have a game on here, we always want to ask the question, no game is perfect, every game is missing something. And it's up to Albert and I to try and figure out what exactly it is. And thank you again to everyone who continues to give us such wonderful submissions. Um, This time, just due to random choice of the dice, Lynn Eads got both of the games that are going to be coming up for, both of the words that are going to be coming up for discussion today. Wow, neat. I, you know, I need the people's uh, usernames on BGG. Um, it's on... The, well, they we ask for a way to contact them, and most everyone has given us a method of getting in contact with them, but we haven't had any submissions in a month. Oh, okay. I need to check. The last word, oranges, was also by Lynn. Yes, it was. Okay, I owe Lynn some dice because I have not contacted Lynn. Lynn has not contacted me. And she is L. Eads at on BGG. Okay. So there you go. That's Lynn. Anyway, um, so she got both of them today. And again, just random die roll. Um, Albert, your word for today is going to be cowbell. Random die roll, <laughs> I promise. The second, my word 
is going to be vitamins. Hmm. So I don't know who won last time. I think actually that is entirely my error because I don't think I've put up any vote for last time. No. What were the choices last time again? Um, let's see here. The choices for last time um, was oranges, oranges, which I know that Mo made a wonderful comment for. Um, oranges <laughs> and door-to-door salesmen. All right. We, we, we need a tiebreaker. Um, Nikolaj, Nikolaj, which what? one was better last yeah. time? Oranges or door-to-door salesmen? <laughs> I like the door-to-door salesmen. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. I knew that was a good one. All right. What thank a shock. you. <laughs> Mo, it's a good thing Lynn's getting the words this time, Mo. Anyway, um, well then, Albert, I guess you get your choice of first or second. You could go first. Excellent. So I'm going to start them out. Vitamins. Ready, set, mm-hmm. go. This game needs vitamins because we're trying to really power up our heroes and make ways for them to charge forward. If we had some cards that are vitamins, you know. Not only are you going to be promoting better health through board games, but we're also going to be giving a unique upgrade system. Can you imagine giving them vitamin K and they can start growing carrots everywhere? Done. Stop. Okay. (laughs) I have no idea what's with vitamin K and carrots. I made it up. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Good job. (laughs) All right, Albert. Uh, you get to talk about cowbells. Three, two, one, go. All right. What this game needs is cowbells. The reason is, imagine if you had put cowbells in all these monsters before they ever attacked. You'd have known about it long beforehand. They would have not all been able to tell you, been more prepared. The game would have gone by much quicker. Yeah, that's it. Cowbells. All right. I got a five-second rebuttal. You're not going to be able to hear cowbells through a forest and across a meadow. You don't hear them charging until they get through the forest. Done. Wait a minute. What do you mean? What? Then why do they even make cowbells if you can't hear them? To wake up. Have you ever gone cow tipping, Albert? <laughs> no, honestly. Have you ever gone cow tipping? No. Okay. I've, I'm not no. going to admit have to you? having gone cow tipping in college, <laughs> but... I went to, I'm sorry, in high school, but I was certainly in a high school where cow tipping had occurred. And the, the point of the bells is to wake up the cows because you have to knock them over so that they don't wake up because then they fall over like a board. But the bell will wake them up when they fall down and then they'll start chasing you and then you need to run or die. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like fun. Well, huh. For high school boys, huh. yeah, I guess was, so. For high school boys, it was fun. High, high school's all about making dumb choices, isn't it? <laughs> oh dear. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, the it it's mostly just about trying to go touch the touch the cow without ringing the bell, and if you ring oh. the bell, it's going to wake up and be unhappy at you, and this is just a silly thing that high school boys do, and whatever <laughs> it's silliness the bell is so that the animal will get annoyed with you. so you don't necessarily actually tip them no you don't actually oh, tip okay them. i guess it's hard to they're do. very oh. heavy so if you went and tried to tip over a cow you'd probably wake them up before. yes <laughs> i'd never realized that you know i grew up in a city we didn't have any cows i did grow up in a city but you didn't have to go very far to reach cows oh yeah no for us you did I don't even know where. 
<laughs> All right. Well, there you go. That's what the game needs. More cowbells. I'm glad we agreed. Cool. Wait a second. <laughs> wait, what? I think, wait, I think Mikolaj needs to be the judge of that. Mikolaj, which one? Cowbells <laughs> or vitamins? Uh, this time I think I'll go with the vitamins. Yeah. Oh. All right. I'll even need to put up a post about it now. It's done. Vitamins. All right. We'll do a post. Oh, you want to do a post uh, now? Uh, 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 un- post? Unless there would be an, an, an expansion with some orc tipping. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> That'd actually be kind of funny. We should actually do a post for oranges. I think. Okay. <laughs> so do that, please. And I've got one last little thing to announce before we close out the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Albert, did you recall McKee? Yes. You do. I remember McKee. Yes. Okay. Did you like McKee? I haven't played it. I tried it on my phone. It was too small to see on the phone. Oh, do you have an uh, an Android app or an uh, iPad, rather? I don't. Oh, you don't. Well, I've heard that from other people and they want to play on their iPad. Well, my key is going to be coming out on iOS. Neat. Yep. Um, and in honor of my key coming out on iOS, so it's now out on both iOS and Android, in addition to being able to print and play a copy, um, we're going to be giving away three promo codes for your choice, either my key or iOS slash or either for iOS or Android. Very cool. Okay. So how does somebody uh, win this? Uh, so if you want to win it, go ahead and send us a mail or post it. Uh, go ahead and send us a mail to Julius at one player podcast with your favorite digital board game. Very cool. All right. Okay. And leave in the subject line contest and send us a mail with your favorite digital board game. All right. And this is for the iOS version. For the iOS or Android version. Your choice. Okay. We have three available. You can pick either iOS or Android um, where geographic restrictions may apply. <laughs> but you pick either iOS or Android. You get to pick whichever one you want. You get one free promo copy of Maki. Very cool. And what is the deadline? Uh, the deadline is going to be the end of July. Okay. Sounds good. So get a move on, get it into us, and uh, we'll get out the yeah, results. Maki is a really nice implementation. I played it on the Android phone. I played a ton of it. I only won once. <laughs> cool. All right. And then I guess that's a show, people. I, I have one, one more thing to oh. say. I, I looked up the uh, the mock-up for the hostage negotiator box. Uh, it looks like uh, Julius, your memory is better than mine. The Oh. And the the box is it 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 lies flat in in the in the new how, one. How tall is the box? Do you know? Uh, it's hard to say. <laughs> I think it's a, oh, a bit a, a bit higher than than the cards. Oh, that's enough good. to fit the cards and uh, the dividers. Neat. Okay. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Mikolaj, for uh, coming on talking to us and being a guest host for the it show. It was a real pleasure too. Yeah. All right. Yes, thank we you. We know you've been a long-time listener, and we really appreciate your listening and everyone else. And uh, we really appreciate you coming on and talking with us. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus and can be found at gemendo.com. 
The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at donpancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening. All right, now go to bed because it is super late where you are, isn't it? Yeah, it's already, uh, it's already it's sunrise. Oh dear! <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, I'm so sorry. No, it's not no problem. <laughs> All right, well, good morning. <laughs> good night, everyone yeah. else. All right, good night. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Awesome.